Call for Action presents Of Consuming Interest, a public service show that discusses scams, deceptive offers, and other consumer concerns. Here's the director of WJLA 7 Call for Action and your host, Shirley Rooker. Viewing habits in families have changed. The way that we watch TV is very different now. It used to be that everybody was in one room, you had all the kids around you, you could control what they were watching. Well, that's no longer true. So many of our young people have their own devices that they watch TV without the parents looking over their shoulder or maybe looking over their shoulder occasionally. But how do we deal with this? How do we make sure that our children are watching age-appropriate programming? Well, we're going to discuss that. My guest today is Elizabeth Casey. She is with the Fox Corporation, and she also serves on the TV Parental Guidelines Monitoring Board, for which I'm also honored to be a member. Elizabeth, um, I, I really, we just recently had a meeting of the board and discussed a survey. So let's start out with all this good positive news that parents actually are using TV ratings guidelines. Um, I thought that was a very positive message that we got from the survey. And um, let's share it with our listeners and then we'll go into the details of some of the things about how we can keep our kids safe on, on watching TV. So um, give great. us a little bit of an overview, if you would, if of the survey. Okay, great. So the TV Parental uh, Monitoring Board does a survey every other year. Uh, and we performed the survey this year in August and September of 2020. Uh, and we surveyed just over a thousand parents of children between the ages of two and 17. Um, and what we learn from that every year, it changes slightly, but we generally learn that parents appreciate the ratings that are put on television programming and that they understand them for the most part and and use them to make decisions for what they and their families are watching. Um, so the, this year, the survey showed no different than that. Um, parents, 95% uh, of the parents surveyed said they're satisfied with the accuracy of the ratings. Um, four and five parents uh, had a favorable opinion of the system. Um, and 90% of the parents surveyed said that they understand the ratings. So all of that is, is good news for us on the board because our goal is to make sure that parents and families um, have a way of keeping their children um, safe and making sure that they are uh, have some way of overs oversight into what their children are watching. Well, as I, as I mean that, I'm sorry, oh. go ahead. No, I was going to say the one thing that changed this year is that um, we did learn, um, and I don't think it's a surprise to anyone, that children are spending more time watching television than they did before the pandemic. Watching television, watching movies and videos. So they're, they're, they have more screen time, which since there's little else for people to do these days, um, that's not a surprise, I think, to any of us. No, I think that's true with adults, too. I just got so reading something that's saying that adults are watching a couple of hours more TV um, than than they normally do. So, yeah, I mean, we're stuck at home and we read and do lots of different things. But TV watching is certainly one of the, the prime things. Um, now, yeah. all of that was lovely to get to hear that. But what we want to make sure is that parents who are 
for their kids. If they're getting a gift, getting a birthday present, getting a holiday gift, and that's going to enable them to sit off in their room and, and watch TV and do it on their own. And the parents are not going to be around all the time. So we want to make certain that what they're doing is watching appropriately. So the, the, these ratings give program, give parents a way to go in and set up their TV that the kid is using so that it only shows age-appropriate programming. Is that correct? That's correct. So televisions in the actual television set, uh, televisions are required to have a, um, a, a mechanism through which parents uh, can set parental controls. So if your child is, is very young, you can set it that they can't watch anything other than a uh, you know TVG or below. So things that are set specifically for children or things that are general audience. Um, you can set them both by the age rating. So if you've got an older teen and you think it's appropriate for them to watch TV 14 programming, you can set it that they can watch TV 14, but not TVMA. Um, and you can also set it by the, what we call descriptors. Um, descriptors identify whether there's language or um, sexual con content or other violence um, or other things in the program itself. So you can set them by all those different, um, you know, possible combinations. So if, for instance, you have an older teen and you're okay with them seeing, um, a TV 14 that might have some language in it, but you don't want them to see a lot of violence, you can block out TV 14 V and that way they could get TV 14 with the language, but not the violence. If you don't want them to see language, you can block that out. So you can, you can block out in a number of different combinations based on what your family's value system is and also based on uh, what you think is appropriate for your particular child. And, and I, I know, I mean, on, the, on my TV set, it's easy to find. There's a listing under settings that says parental controls. Now, so far, right. I haven't had to use those with my husband, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have, well, I don't have a small child. <laughs> I don't have a small then, child then, at home. But um, I think, you, go ahead. Once you once you set the parental controls, you'll also have a uh, an override mechanism. So you put in a, a password, but make sure that you don't forget your password because sometimes my husband and I, when our children were young, we would set it and then we couldn't get in to watch the show we wanted to watch <laughs> and we'd have to reset it to get our password. Um, the other way you can do it a lot, if you were on a cable system or on a satellite system, those systems also have separate parental controls. So there's two different mechanisms that you can use, either on your television set or on your uh, cable or satellite, if you're using cable or satellite. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. That, that's really good. I hadn't thought about that. I was only, I'm only thinking of, of my TV set itself because I see that all the time. And uh, while I haven't used it, um, of course, I'm serving on this board and I'm really honored to be on it and to, to work with you all with what you're doing. Um, I do want to talk about how the ratings are, are uh, developed and what kind of time and energy. And I know that there's a lot of time and effort that goes into setting up these ratings and to making sure that they're accurate. And I know that the board spends a lot of time doing that. So let's just take a brief pause here. 
to let our listeners know that they're tuned into Off Consuming Interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest today is Elizabeth Casey. She's with the Fox Corporation, and she also serves on the TV Parental Guidelines Monitoring Board, as do I, and we're honored to be a part of that. Elizabeth, let's just go back a minute and talk about how these ratings were established. I mean, I know that, that there must be a lot of energy and money spent on developing these ratings because every one of them has to be viewed by a human being and put on, uh, put on the the uh, the product, right? Yes. Um, so the, it it is a self monitoring uh, mechanism that is done by all of the networks. So um, at Fox Corporation, we have a uh, department that is dedicated to um, reviewing every program that goes on our, um, that goes on any of our, our networks um, and putting a rating. And it, it's for every program other than live sports and news. News and sports do not get rated. They're accepted from the ratings um, so that, you know, live news and sports would be a hard thing to um, to rate because you can't see it before it actually goes on there. And but I every suspect, other, I suspect the news departments do their own kind of ratings as to what is appropriate to show to their audience because that's happening almost in real time. They do, and they also often uh, do oral warnings beforehand. So if there's going to be something that's going to be particularly bothersome, you'll often hear a newscaster say, um, you know, this the, the footage that we're about to show, you know, might might bother some people. Um, so they they do do a very good job of that. And and on sports, um, we train all of our uh, directors and producers, you know, to pull away from things. You may remember years and years ago when when um, uh, I can't remember the football player, but whose whose leg was broken, and they kept showing it over and over again. And since then, I think the producers have learned that's not necessarily the right thing to do. So right. we've trained them all about pulling away from things that might be, um, you know, a problem for for people who are watching. But to get back to how we actually rate, so on my team, uh, there's a person assigned to every program, and they start. Um, on scripted programs, they start with the actual uh, script or sometimes even before that with an idea for a script. And they have, they're in regular communication with the showrunners and the producers and the writers um, about what is in the script. And they, they give notes back and forth about things that will be and won't be acceptable. And then based on whatever that final product is, um, a rating is given. Uh, and there is um, an understanding from the monitoring board, and I know Shirley, you've seen this, where we talk about, um, you know, what what is it in today's society that would make something a TV PG versus a TV 14 versus a P, uh, TV MA, and um, those those norms change over time as society changes, but generally. There are certain there's certain levels of language and certain levels of, of sexual content or violence that will raise something 
to a TV 14 or a TV MA. And um, we, we work really hard with our colleagues at the other networks to maintain consistency through this board, which is why it's the ratings consistency board. Um, and what we have started, so every program is reviewed and a rating is, is applied to it. That's incredible. Yeah. Now, when you say every program, let's talk about talk shows, for example. Are you rating them before they go on the air or do they have a standard rating that they generally live up to? In other words, this is a this is a fluid situation so that each installment, for example, of a serial, a series would have a different might have a different rating. Well, if you're talking about a live show, obviously we can't review a live show before it airs. Right. So, but I mean, a, a series that uh, that's being produced. Um, right. You know, say Fox you, produces a lot of series that go on for weeks. Right. Would each uh, segment of that series be reviewed to for content and then rated accordingly, or is the entire series given a rating? Every episode is reviewed individually. Wow, that's and a lot. Every episode, yes, it is a lot, but it's 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 necessary and it's worth it. It's necessary because. You might have a show, like take one, for instance, one of our shows like 911. 911 has, you know, a lot of emergency situations. And there might be a show where there is, uh, you know, a violent act that results in that emergency situation. And there might be another one where it's just, you know, um, some, you know, an accident. Mm -hmm. Well, if mm -hmm. there's a violent act, we definitely want people to know that. We want to put a V on it. We don't mm -hmm. want people to be surprised um, by the fact that there's there's some violence in, in this program. Um, so so we do. We watch we watch and rate every episode individually. Um, for live shows like talk shows, there's usually a an overall rating on it. So if you think of a show like the, the talk. Um, there's an overall rating put on that based on what's typically in the show. Mm -hmm. If they find out that a show is going to uh, have other topics in it, um, often in our world, then we'll add a, another descriptor if we need it, or we'll change the rating. But generally those shows, especially the daytime shows, stick to a uh, typical range of topics. Mm -hmm. So those, those are rated you know, before they go on the air. Um, but but most of them, we, we review every every episode of every program. That is, to me, that's very impressive because there's a lot of commitment to making the programs appropriate to what the content is. And I would assume that that's, how, maybe I shouldn't assume, but I would imagine that the other networks producing programming also do have the same standards. I mean, that's kind of a typical standard, isn't it, for the industry? It is, it yeah. is. And, and the other networks, you know, they all do, they all uh, put in as much effort, I believe, as we do. Um, mm. and, and the thing that I always like to emphasize for people is that every person that I've met in a standards role takes their job very seriously. They spend a lot of time and energy. They think about it. It's not a rote um, role that they play. They really think about every show and try to put themselves in the shoes of the people who are watching it. 
because it's it's an important part of of our of our industry so and of course protecting they, our children from inappropriate content so it's it's a it's a win-win yeah let's just take a absolutely. brief pause here to let our listeners know that they're tuned into of consuming interest I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest today is Elizabeth Casey. She's with the Fox Corporation. She also serves on the TV Parental Guidelines Monitoring Board and Call for Action also happens to be a member of that. And and recently we did um, a sampling of TV programs and reviewed them for appropriateness of ratings. And that was that's kind of a little tiny minuscule part of what each of the networks are doing to protect our children. And I was very impressed with that. Since this is actually my first year on the board, it was the first time I had done, gone through the review process. That that was very impressive, Elizabeth. I have to tell you, I, I really enjoyed the people that we were working with, but I also felt the commitment was very serious on their part to see that, that content was appropriately rated. Yeah. Well, it's actually a new process that the board uh, has just started under started undertaking recently. Um, what the board does, so so your listeners can know, is they have a a website um, that that's available, um, tvguidelines.org, and you can go on there and you can look at the ratings. You can also send an email to some to to the ratings board. So if for instance you're watching a show and you think there's a problem with a rating because um, as I'm sure you learned surely from going through the process ratings are are not uh, a science they're a little bit more of an art because you have to think about what um, exactly where the rating should fall. Um, mm-hmm. it's it's not like you know, three of this word and two of that means a TV 14. You have to look at the whole show, um, the whole episode. And so every time that we get an email or a call or a letter from a viewer, um, the board forwards that on to whichever network would be handling, you know, is handling that show. And we re-review the show and we look at it and try to determine whether or not the rating was inappropriate. Um, and if it is, we we will change the rating going forward. Um, but one of the things that we started doing, and this is what you were referring to that you took part in, is we started doing an internal audit. So I, along with three other members of the board, uh, reviewed programming that was not on the Fox network, that were on some of our competitor networks. And we reviewed programs from the same time of day on a particular day that the board um, members chose. So they said on you know, April 21st at uh, 8 p.m., you'll review the shows of these various networks. And uh, the networks would upload them and we'd review them with the rating. And we'd have a discussion uh, among our group of four whether or not we thought the rating was correct. And interestingly, in uh, my case, we, my group reviewed daytime programming, um, and we found one of the programs we thought was perfectly rated. One of the programs we thought was rated, uh, was rated um, with more descriptors than it needed. 
but in that case, it was a daytime talk show. And so they, they put those descriptors on it before they actually see the show. So that was fine. And then one show we thought was, uh, needed an additional descriptor. And we raised that um, with the board member from that um, particular network. And the board member agreed and said, you know what, we'll, we'll add that descriptor. So it's a great way for us to check ourselves and to make sure that, that uh, we're, we're rating the programs appropriately, not only in our own eyes, our own network size, but but that we're being consistent across the television uh, board universe. Right. And part of the equation of the rating system is having the parents buy in and utilizing the system to make sure that what their children are seeing is appropriate. And I think that that the recent survey that we did shows that, in fact, parents are utilizing. I thought the utilization numbers were very impressive, Elizabeth, didn't you? Yes. The, the number of parents that use the system to make a determination whether or not their children should be watching a particular show was very high. Um, there are less people who actually use the blocking technology. Um, and I suggest for people uh, at home with young children, I used it when my children were young and I found it to be uh, very effective and a great way to keep, keep, shows that I thought my children were not ready to see, um, you know, off of, off of our, our family television set. So I do encourage parents to look at those blocking mechanisms. But um, of course, well. today, many children have their own TVs. They're not sitting in the room with their parents watching TV like we used to do when we had one TV in the house. Right. So that makes life very different. And I think it also focuses on the importance of having parental controls. Yes, I do. And the, the other thing we learn is that parents also are involved in setting controls in their family in other ways. They have family rules. They watch together. I think now that more people are at home, there's probably more family viewing together like we used to do mm -hmm. um, than, than there was before the pandemic. I know uh, I have some of my adult children living home with me right now during the pandemic, and uh, we end up watching television as a family more often than than we did before the pandemic. But um, but what what we want to do as the monitoring board is we want to give parents tools that they can use in setting the standards for their family. Right, because um, it may vary it's, from it's family a parent's to family. Job. Yeah, absolutely. It's the parent's job and it's the parent's prerogative to, to set those rules. But, but we do strongly suggest that they look at the ratings and consider those ratings when deciding what's right for their children. I can't believe that we're running out of time, Elizabeth. I, I think this has been a very interesting and I think hopefully very informative discussion for our audience. And something to keep in mind is your children receive gifts of TVs and whatnot. Make sure that those, if they're viewing them individually, have these controls set up. Elizabeth, thank you so much. Please give us the website that people can go to to um, see the, the ratings. It's tvguidelines.org tvguidelines.org. It's got great information there, people. It describes all of the ratings and what goes into them, gives you insight into to how you can utilize it to protect your children. Thank you so much. It's been a great honor to have you on, Elizabeth. And um, 
I think that what you all are doing is great. So thank you, people, for being here and listening to us tonight on a WT on WFED Radio Network. I'm Shirley Rooker. If you want to be in touch with me, it's Shirley at callforaction.org. And we thank you very much for joining us again. Elizabeth Casey from Fox Corporation talking about TV ratings. Thank you so much. Of Consuming Interest is a public service program presented by WJLA 7 Call for Action, hosted by Shirley Rooker. Call for Action is an international nonprofit network of hotlines which offer free and confidential assistance. If you have a complaint, contact Call for Action at 301-652-HELP. That's 301-652-HELP. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.